Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Doreen Morin Van Dam, who is a social media strategist, organic social media specialist, trainer, community manager, and keynote speaker. She has been a social media professional for 10 years and has experience in a multitude of industries. Doreen started out as a local specialist working with both B2C and B2B clients and is currently working with national and international brands. She is a certified social media professional and agile marketer. You'll always recognize Doreen by her signature orange glasses, which are a nod to her Dutch heritage. Welcome, Doreen. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad that you could come and join us today. So something that you know a lot about is batching social content. Could you talk about some of the benefits of batching content and maybe the ways that we can go about doing this, please? Sure. There is a lot of setup required for content to create, right? So for example, one of the examples that I love to use is video. Especially as women, if you're listening and you're female, you know that in order to go on video, you want to get your hair done and maybe put on makeup. And, you know, if you're like me and work from home, you're not always dressed for the camera. So if you were to batch content and create, say, five videos all at the same time for the next five weeks, maybe you publish once a week, you would only have to do the prep work, like the makeup on the hair, one time. There is right there is your time saver already. But then if you go a step further and think about the setup of the camera, the angle, the lighting, all of these things take time. So it makes zero sense to do a one-off video. It's better off to do all your video content, say for the month or the next two months, all at the same time. Now I do the same thing for other content. For example, holidays. Most of my clients want to have a shout out on the holidays or commemorate a a U.S. holiday or religious holiday. So at the beginning of the year, I ask all my clients, what are the holidays you want me to post about? And we make that list. And then when I have downtown or extra time, I already know their brand. I put them all together into one. I use Canva, one file. They're all done. I even schedule them out and it's batched, it's done, and we don't skip another holiday. So that's another thing you can batch. Blog articles, right? It takes a lot of different steps to create written content. So I batch all of those things together. So one of the things I batch is all the keyword research. And then I batch all the headlines that I need to write. So now I have the research done. I know what keywords. Now I write all the headlines. Then I put them all in Google Docs. Right now I have a doc for each thing that I want to do. Then I batch each paragraph. What are the paragraph headers that I want to do? So now I might have four or six or even eight articles almost ready. So then when I'm in the writing mood, because that's a very different mood that you have to have than, for example, research. When I'm in the writing mood, I can just sit down and write. And so that's another thing, like batching the writing piece. But if you have to do all these other pieces, by the time you get it done, you might not feel like writing. So 
those are different ways I batch written content, graphic design and video. I wouldn't have thought of breaking it down like that with the keyword research and the titles. That's so clever. Yeah. And it, it's if you need to get approval, say you're a social media manager for uh, a company getting approval for four or six or eight. Sometimes it's easier because then they see the pattern of the content you want to write. If they're like, you want to write about this one thing? It's like, well, it's a series. It belongs in this series of three or four. Or I really want to highlight this XYZ thing that you're doing. So this is the progression, the how, the what, the why, the when, the where. And so when you put them all together, then you can really batch the headlines too. So that you can link back to, to the articles. And so, yeah, I really do spend some time on the headlines. I use a tool called Headline Analyzer and I might spend 10, 15 minutes on each headline. But once that's done, to me, the hardest part is coming up with the ideas. So once that part is done, I could just sit and write, you know, and that takes a different mindset than doing the other pieces. Because the other thing about content creation is some things are kind of mindless while other things really take focus. So I know that writing is a first thing in the day kind of thing. But if I had to jump through all those other hoops, I wouldn't get to the writing for like half an hour or more. But if I can sit at my desk and open up a page that says title paragraphs, I can just start writing. And that really makes a big difference. So those are really ways that you can really jump ahead and save time batching that content. That's really such good advice. I'm definitely going to try that. I like that, that you could just get in the zone of writing without having to go back between the other things and then sort of lose that flow. With yeah. videos, that's such a great tip too, having the one day where you have to do your hair and your makeup and get the lighting and everything set out. Do you do the preparation for the videos in the same way as the blogs beforehand, the writing or scripting? Yes. Yeah, so the scripting would be all done. I've got a couple other tips that go with that. I get my hair done like every six weeks. And when I come home from the hairdresser, it looks better than when I can do it. So I try to get the first appointment of the day and have that day be my video day. That's so a if really you get good your hair tip. done every five or six weeks, make that your video day. So make the appointment of the day, have your scripting ready, make sure the lighting is right. You've got your outfit. The other thing I have is on the back of my door in my office, I have a bunch of out tops, different tops. So I might do the video batching, but I might do a different outfit, but I only change the top and they're right there. So I can, you know, flip my hair or, you know, put a different pair of earrings in. So it looks like it's a different day, but my hair looks good each and every time. So those are all the little things. But yeah, the scripting, you know, sometimes you have the right angle, you put an X on the floor or set up the camera. Oh, you, you know, you might need a tripod or, you know, bring out this whole light kit. It makes sense to do that all ahead of time. Then when your hair is right, your makeup's right, you just go and record. And all you need to do is just get in that zone of, talking and recording those videos so definitely break it up in all those pieces that makes so much sense so you're good at batching content can we talk about repurposing podcast episodes for a moment please because um we book uh, experts as guests on podcasts as you know and something we like to encourage our clients to do is repurpose their episodes so could you talk through maybe some of the benefits to this or how you would go about it yeah. So, so the benefits to it is that a lot of people don't see it the first time you post it on social media and not everybody is subscribed to your podcast. So they might 
happen to see it or have somebody else talk about it. So the the why is there's an opportunity. Sometimes people need to see it seven up to seven times for people to go check something out, right? Just to, to buy something, whether you buy or you you go to that podcast. So spreading it out everywhere. Say you have a Twitter account, a tweet lasts a minute or two. So sending it out once a day for the first week is very normal. It's okay to repost it and do it different times, right? So that's on Twitter. On LinkedIn, for example, you could first share it as a link, right? If the podcast lives on your website, the second time, maybe you do an audiogram, then you can pull out an image of the guest. Then you could do a screenshot like you and I are you know, talking a screenshot of the actual interview, you could do a picture, maybe if the guest wrote a book or did something fun, you could do use that. Every single time you talk about the podcast or the episode, you try to highlight something else that they said, right? So it's not the same, but the link goes back to the same podcast each time. Because when people, they don't realize they're seeing the same content, they're just realizing you're talking about the same topic. And that's really what you want to do. So audiogram, the cover tile, a link, you can do images with graphics, and then you could do quotes. So those are a whole bunch of different ways. And then the other thing that I would say as far as repurposing is don't forget to repurpose like last month's, last year's. One of the things that I do is go into my analytics often And at the end of my first year, I realized that the best listened to podcasts were those about, and I, mine is about strategy, social media strategy, were about ads and storytelling. So once I realized that's what my audience wanted, my guests for 2023, I started looking for guests on those topics because I knew that's what my audience. So now I'm giving my audience what they want, right? And then there's certain episodes that don't, didn't do quite as well. So I'm trying to research what and what. Here's the one thing that, that you have to find a balance in. When you're booking guests, you want to find guests that are knowledgeable in their expertise, but you also want to find guests who have an online audience. And if you only have experts, then you're only tapping into your own audience. And if you only have, you know, people that have a great following, they might not be the expert that your audience really wants. So you have to find that balance of, hey, this is an expert, but they have a community or they have their own podcast or they wrote a book or they have some sort of online presence because the biggest part about having a guest on a podcast is tapping into their audience because now you're bringing them over and you make them part of your audience. And a way to do that is another way to repurpose is sending your guests a packet of images, of quote graphics, of quotes, of even social media posts that you pre-write and say, you know, hey, my name is Doreen. In case you missed it, I was on Victoria's podcast. You know, this is some information. So we talked about, make sure to check it out and follow Victoria, right? So if you, if you pre-write that, all people have to do your guest is copy and paste it. And that's a great way to repurpose your podcast. So those are all the reasons why you should do it and, and, and how you should do it. Fantastic. Yes. I wish that more podcast hosts actually did that. I know it's time consuming, but it does make it so much easier, doesn't it? And guests are more likely to share it if the work's been done. Right. Okay. And there was another thing I totally forgot. So now you have a podcast. So what else can you do? 
right? You can transcribe it. You can make it into a blog post, or you can, instead of taking the whole transcription, you can write an article about the podcast. If you recorded it on a video, you can put it on YouTube and then embed it into your blog, right? So the, you can even publish it as a LinkedIn article. So there's all these different ways that this content that you've now created with your guests as a podcast, don't stop there. Like these are probably amazing nuggets that they're sharing. Break it into incredible little nuggets of wisdom and reshare that over and over. And every time you share it, that link goes right back to the podcast. And I'm really this year, really leaning into my own more as the, you know, marketer that, you know, and what is that saying? The cobbler's children have no shoes. It's kind of was like that this year. I've really leaned into my own social media to reshare some older podcasts and my numbers are going crazy because I'm just resharing it on my pages and on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And I don't care if I've already shared it yesterday. I'm going to share it again with a different quote, with a different image and people are finding it. So lean into that, reshare it. If you think that, oh, that's, I'm overdoing it, just change the image, change. You can even reverse colors, like an easy tip. Like if you think people have seen the same image and you don't have a whole lot of image, but your logo is white and green, reverse it, do white, green and white. And they're like, oh, this looks different, right? Or even change, and this is another tip, change if you have a picture of your guests on there, you know, flip the picture in Canva. So it's the side profiles the other way. People think it's going to be a different picture. It's very simple to repurpose images that you have. Make it black and white. If they gave you just one image, you know, create a picture that's black and white with a beautiful quote and a different color on it. Just repurpose it, redo it in a different way that people go, oh, I haven't seen this. Because the more times they see something similar, the more likely they are to finally go and listen to your podcast and click on that link. That's brilliant. I just hadn't thought to do that with images. That's that's brilliant. Sure. <laughs> I love it. How much time are you able to spend on your own content as opposed to clients? That must be a tricky balance. It is. So I do have somebody helping me with a little bit of content distribution, but I am doing that kind of I, I really want to have my finger on the pulse. So say that on a, you know, like I have a new podcast that just came out this week. So today I spend half an hour going, you know, creating some new images and, and really thinking about what I want to say. You know, of course I recorded a podcast, so I know what the guests said and what the, the salient points were that I really wanted to get out. So I wrote up a bunch of different ways and then I probably tweeted it out 10 different times, scheduled it out for the next month. And then on my Facebook page and my LinkedIn page and then on my personal profile. And so I spent probably half an hour on this one episode. And then I'll probably say to my VA in the next round, like maybe next month, you know, put it back in for like this fall. Right. So then it, cause I'll, I'll take care of the first two to three months and just make sure it gets a lot of feedback and, and, and touch back of seeing it, but then I don't want to forget about it. So in the fall, then she can just make sure once a month it goes out. And so probably half an hour to an hour, maybe per episode, which is not that much, especially for, you know, when you, when I see the numbers of the downloads and I really see it go up and, and as much as I do this for other people, the process is a little quicker because I am the one that did the interview, right? So for clients, for me, I actually 
either have to listen to the podcast, which is usually half an hour, an hour, or I can ask them for a transcript, which I can read a lot faster than I can listen. And then I pull out the quotes, I pull out the audiogram. So that's a lot more time consuming. So one of the things that I do for my VA is when I interview somebody, when my guests say something really good, I make a timestamp. So for, I have my transcripts and my questions on, on, you know, on paper or on my computer on the second screen. And when I ask a question and they're starting to have a great answer, I'm like, okay, 16 minutes, 30 seconds. That's where your salient point is. Makes it a lot easier for somebody who repurposes the content to go back and find it. So I have that for all of my episodes. So that's something certainly that a host can do to make the repurposing a lot easier later on. And you spend a lot less time paying somebody to go through your content. If you're like, okay, these are the four, the four places go start here. That's such good advice. Thank you. Sure. Moving back to social media, could you share some evergreen content ideas to reignite your social media conversations? Sure. So I always go back to what people want to know about your business is that you can solve their problems, right? The pain, pain points. But they also want to know why you're the best, why they should hire you to do that, right? So that is all has to do with stories. I know that there's other organic specialists out there that could be hired or strategists, right? But people like me for who I am. So I might be good for a solopreneur or a coach. I might not be good for a team of eight in-house team that need a strategist, right? So it really kind of depends. So I try to tell my story of how I work with clients, how I create content, how my almost like how my brain works and how I can, what I can take off your plate as a business owner and how you can use my strengths. So I might share ideas on, you know, behind the scenes, what am I working on? Where am I speaking? What are my topics of expertise? I might talk about travel and this is as a solopreneur, right? But if you're a business and you have an office, show people the outside of your business. What does it look like if they were coming to visit your office? What it would it look like walking in, take a video of, you know, and go like this, come with me, you know, and wave them in. This is what it's like to meet our staff you know, highlight staff if there are special occasions, their one year anniversary, or, you know, somebody made an amazing sale or, or, you know, maybe you do charity work in your community, maybe your local community and do a water station at the local marathon, right? Take the pictures of what's going on. If you're a B2B company and provide services, say you're a plumber, or you're a an HVAC company or, or a refrigerator repairman, you know, give the people that are doing the repairs the permission to ask for the pictures, ask a homeowner, can I take the pictures? And then show the actual problems you're solving. That's what people want to see. If they see a clogged toilet or a broken handle, and now they see a happy homeowner, that's the connection that people need. So the content is Thinking about, and here's the other idea, right? Think about what you would want to see. If you are creating content and you're out of ideas, the best idea that what I could tell you to do is go consume more content. That's how I get my ideas. I might not post on TikTok, but I consume content on TikTok. I might not post Instagram reels as many as other people, 
but I consume them and I see where I stop to scroll. I see what the algorithm knows what I like and they send, give me more of that. And I always pick up something. I'm like, they started with a hook or they had a cool background or they, you know, really moved around in their, you know, whatever it is that drew my attention. Like I could use that for a client's content. And then say, if you have, if you're creating content for somebody, that's a kind of a, maybe a harder industry, find the few people in that industry that are doing some of that content, but don't copy them <laughs> because even though you go there for inspiration, build upon their ideas and make them better. Hard industries to post content for would be example, funeral director or a hospice, right? Those are really hard to create content for. Yet there are people who need to see that content and they want to know that you're doing something different. So instead of showing you know, a funeral, you could say, you know, we highlight this florist. Our people that, you know, that our families, they rave about the flowers that this florist does, right? So it doesn't always have to be about you. When you highlight others and when you reach out into the community and build up other people, that's also really great content that you can do. But it, it consume content. That's where you get content ideas. I guess that's really the long story short <laughs> is consume more and get inspired by what other people do and then make it your own. So permission to scroll. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Thank you. So I know that you love to read. What's the best book that you've read lately? Does it have to be a marketing book or? No, no, anything. Oh, and I, I know you asked me that question and I, right now for book club tonight, I'm going to book club. We read a book called Olive Kitteridge and it's set in Maine and it's about an older woman who, it was written all these different chapters in her life, you know, how her relationship with her husband and her relationship with all these different people. And then she reflects on her life and it's, I'm not there yet, but I can certainly see where some of those chapters in your life, there's some that close and then, you know, new chapters open. And as you get further on in life, certainly it starts looking more like chapters like that. So that's how the book is written. And it's very interesting. So I'm looking forward tonight to discuss that with my, with my book club, but I love a good romance. All those, you know, it begins with you or it ends with us. Those kind of books with by Colleen, I think Hoover, those are wonderful. And then my favorite marketing book that I reference all the time is They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. I can read that over and over, but that's the best. That's the advice that I give every client that I start with. If we haven't met yet and they're like, well, we don't want to get started. I'm like, start writing down every question that you've ever been asked, which is the whole strategy of they ask you answer any email, any phone call, any one-on-one -on -one question, record you and everybody in the office record every question. Your content strategy should start by answering every question that's ever been asked about your business. Oh, that's really good. I saw Marcus Sheridan at Social Media Marketing World last year and he was so good and I, I need to read his book. Yeah, it's really good. And it's it's really, you're basically going to give your audience the content they want by answering the questions that they have. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, thank you. I think that's a good note to leave it on. 
Thank you so much. Where can listeners go to connect with you, Doreen? My best platform to connect with me is on LinkedIn. I'm Doreen Morin Van Dam. If you see somebody with orange glasses, that's me. I am Dutch by birth, American by choice, as I always say. And I wear my orange glasses as a nod to that Dutch heritage that I have. And so I'm easy to find. My business name is More in Media. And so I'm that on Instagram and everywhere else. I have that. I have that handle. So pretty easy. But LinkedIn is the best place to connect with me. And yeah, send me a message and say, I listened to Victoria's podcast. I would love that. I love it when people reach out and say, I listened to something that you said and this or that sparked my imagination or I have a follow-up question, which would be great. Okay, excellent. I'll put links in the show notes to all of that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest Podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.